Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. God, I am so excited uh, for what you have to share with us this morning. And so, God, I ask that you speak in a powerful way to each one of our hearts, God. Without a doubt, God, you want us to have passion and joy for you, for, for our families, for the mission you've called us to as individuals, for the purposes of our life. And God, we want that in our lives. And some of us, God, need it renewed and restored. So God, would you speak powerfully today to each one of us? And we pray, ask for this and pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, we talked about the importance of rest in our lives. Because here's the reality. We're going through a lot. And a lot of people, if you get real with yourself, there, there's an element inside of you are like, man, I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. I'm spent. And, and of course, COVID is, and everything, everything surrounding COVID has only exacerbated that exhaustion. The economy and what's happening there is exacerbating that, that exhaustion. And now we have, you know, global events that if you've paid attention to the news this week with Afghanistan and the implications and all this, and, and some of you are like, man, I'm just tired and I'm worn out. And perhaps what is most exhausting for some of us is, man, I'm just trying to figure out what's real. What's true? What's the truth? What's real information? What's disinformation? And it seems like no matter where I go, different experts will contradict each other on whatever the topic is. Whose truth do I believe? Well, thankfully, you and I have God's word, which Jesus says is truth. Do I hear an amen to that? So we have God's word, and he, we have his truth, and it never changes. But I know we're, we're exhausted and God wants to do something special in you. He wants to renew you. He wants to restore your joy. He wants to restore your passion that may have waned. And, and he's going to do that today with this distilled vinegar, which I'll tell you about in a little bit. So hang with me on that. We all get tired for long seasons. And when that happens, when the seasons go on and on and on, it impacts us relationally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, spiritually, mentally, and we burn out and we burn up and it impacts our relationships that we have with others. And God understood that. And so he commanded the Israelites in the fourth of the Ten Commandments. He said in Exodus 20, he said, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. How do you do that? He told us, six days you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested, say rested. He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. God created this thing called Sabbath day. He created it, and he did it for the purpose of it being a gift for us. A day of rest where our work ceases, and we rest, and we get refreshed. I don't know about you, but I need to be refreshed physically, yes, but more importantly, in my spirit and in my soul. And Jesus said, man, if you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're carrying a whole lot of burdens, Jesus said, 
where you go, where you turn is to me. He said, come to me and I will give you what? I will give you rest. So God has been inviting us. We talked about this last week. God has invited us to rest from whatever is work or routine for us so that we can draw close to him, so that we can be refreshed, so that we can be rested in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls, so that we can have our passion and our joy be alive and thriving and vibrant. So rest. That was a challenge last week. How did you do? Did you rest from whatever is work for you? Did you set aside a period of time where you rested from what is work for you or what is routine from you? I threw this out. I'll throw it out again in case you weren't here last week. I would encourage you to have part of that be resting and ceasing from social media for a day or a period of time. Cease from the news. Cease from, from your devices. If you have kids Pull their device away for one hour or one day and see what happens, right? You'll realize, oh my goodness, this is so critical and important. Now, by the way, in Judaism specifically, who God gave this specific command, we apply the principles, not the law of Sabbath. But in Judaism, Sabbath or Shabbat is, is a time back then and even today where, where, where the Jewish people, they come together with family and with friends and they gather together and they eat meals together. And not only do they eat together, they sing songs, they, they share stories. It's a celebration. The Sabbath for them because it's a gift and they recognize it. It's a celebration. So uh, years ago, I was on uh, one of our Israel trips and some of you in this room, if, if you came on this particular trip, you will remember this very specifically. But we, uh, um, we arrived to the Dead Sea, to our hotel at the Dead Sea, on Sabbath, on, on, on the beginning of Friday night. We had, had a long day of touring. We were tired. We were exhausted. We were worn out. We just wanted to have a quiet, peaceful evening, a dinner together, and then, you know, go and, and go get some sleep for the next day. It was going to be a big day. And so we walk into the dining hall. And not even understanding what Sabbath was and what it meant with friends and family and food and all that. And we walked in there and it was this giant raucous party. The Jewish people, I mean, they were loud. They were, they were just having, a, like everybody, they was just loud and there was movement and there was, you know, trying to get in the line. I mean, I was there going, good grief. But then I realized, oh my goodness, they do this every day. Friday night. This is what they do. They understood what God meant. He gave them this incredible gift, and they are celebrating it, and they are enjoying it. I had a friend of mine who their family routine was every Friday night. They would gather together, and this happened all the way through high school, even with their boys being in sports. Somehow they managed to do it. There was occasionally times they couldn't, but for the most part, they did it every single Friday. They'd gather as a family. They'd have a meal together. They'd make pizza together. I mean, from the time the kids were, you know, toddlers all the way up through high school, it was their routine where they rested together as family. And when you and I rest, because God said rest is best. When we rest, we, we get this beautiful gift from God that's called margin. Say margin. What is margin? Rest leads to margin, and it's margin that frees you and I. It frees us up to see what we don't get to normally see, because we're just going, 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 and going. 
Margin is what frees us up to think about what we don't have time to think about because there's no margin in our life. It enables us to see what it is that God has been trying to say to us, but we haven't heard it in the noise and in the quiet and in the rest. We begin to hear from God in fresh new ways. He's been speaking to us, but we often miss it because there's no rest. And if there's no rest, there's no margin, and there's no margin to see and to hear what God is saying to us. I don't know if I was able to mention it in this service. Uh, each service was a little different last week. But while I was on my sabbatical in Kauai, part of it was in Kauai, and one of my favorite hikes was hiking up the, the Sleeping Giant Trail. And you get to the top of the mountain from a distance, it looks like a sleeping giant. And so I, I, went, I was hiking up there one particular day. And, and, and this picture means the world to me. It will mean, uh, like, it's one of those moments in my life, really, to set the, the pace for the next part of my life. And you can see, it's all like this 360-degree view of the island. It's incredible. And so I'm up there, and I have this special moment with God. I'm in the presence of God. I'm rested. I have margin in my life. And in that time that I've been spending with God, my heart cried out to God. And I said really what David said in Psalm 51. I said, God, create in me a clean heart. God, renew a right spirit in me. God, cast, don't cast me away from your presence, Lord. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. God, would you restore the joy of my salvation? It was in that margin, and it was, it, was, it was in the rest that my spirit was able to connect with God's spirit in a way that, you ready for this? I was finally able to see what had been going on in my life. I was finally able to be aware of what was happening and what I realized and what I discovered in that time with God. I needed to be renewed, and I needed to be restored. And so I prayed, and I saw God. I said, God, renew a right spirit in me. Listen, some of you, your spirits aren't right, and you know it. And your spirit isn't right. And and because we haven't practiced the principle of the Sabbath, ceasing from work and routine, we haven't had the margin to adequately and in a healthy way address what isn't right in our spirit. Stay with me. Track with me here. In fact, some of us, we may not even realize why our spirit isn't right. Again, no rest. No margin, we just go, we're missing out on what's going on, and we aren't even equipped to be able to handle that in a healthy way. For some of us, for some of you here, your spirit isn't right because there is a great deal of anger in your life. There's anger that revolves around a person or a circumstance or an issue or a situation, and that anger has just been there. And some of you may not even be aware why it is, what's going on, what is that anger all about. For some of us, for some of you, there's this great deal of fear in your life. Your spirit isn't right because fear is dominating your life. For others, your spirit isn't right because you have a a, a non-medical depression or anxiety in your life. For some, there's this general discontentment with your life with your circumstances, 
your spirit isn't right. For some, your spirits aren't right because there's relationship divisions happening right now. And you know it, and your spirit's not right, and it's hard to sleep, or you're struggling with this and that, and you're struggling in ways that you don't even know that's leaking out in your life. Our spirits aren't right. But here's the good news. God wants to bring renewal. Say renewal. God wants to bring renewal. God wants you to be renewed in your spirit, to be able to address those issues that are in your life that have come your way, and to be able to do so in a good way, in a godly way, and in a healthy way. So the question is, this renewal that God wants to bring us, how does he do it? What does it look like? Well, I think Psalm chapter 103 gives us some interesting insight to this. And it says this, it says, Each day that we live, he provides for our needs and gives us the strength of a young eagle. Another translation says, God satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed. Say renewed. So your youth is renewed like the eagles. I love the imagery that the psalmist uses here. Our strength is being renewed like that of an eagle. Now, if you research a little bit eagles, you begin to understand some things about them. For example, eagles are, are, are like, like the strongest bird there is. They're, they are so strong. Their grip with their talons is, is 10 times the strength of our grip. They can reach down and pick up a fish that weighs 15 pounds and hold on to that with the, with the strength of their talons. Golden eagles can dive at 200 miles an hour. Now, for a little perspective, uh, think about hummingbirds. Uh, who has hummingbirds that, like, make their way around your yard? Anybody a handful? Oh, geez, a bunch of you, yeah. And I love when the hummingbirds come in our backyard, and I'm always fascinated by, like, they come in, and they dart so quickly, right? They're like, oh, my goodness, the hummingbird is so fast. Listen, a hummingbird flies at 43 miles an hour. An eagle, 200 miles an hour. I think about another interesting fact of an eagle that, that, that I wish I could do what an eagle can do. An eagle can look directly into the sun. Wouldn't you love to be able to do that? I mean, you're watching a sunset and you do everything you can to divert your eyes, to dart your eyes from it, but, but like your eyes want to zoom in and home in on the sun, right? But you're like, no, I was told I can't do that. And so they can look directly into the sun. Eagles can fly so high, they can literally fly above the storms. They can get up there and they can hover above the storms and look down upon the storms. What is the psalmist saying by trying to make these connections to an eagle? He's saying that God is offering you and I the strength of an eagle when we're weak. That God is offering us the fortitude to look into the eye of our storms He's giving us his peace to rise above the storms. Isn't it interesting to think about down below where the storm is happening, it's pure chaos, but you get above the clouds, calm, and it's peaceful. Are you weak right now? God wants to give you his strength. By the way, that starts with rest. Are you going through storms or trials right now? I imagine you are. 
I hear the stories. God renews you by filling you with his peace, giving you the, the, the fortitude to tackle the garbage that you're going through, that you have to go through. Some of it self-inflicted, much of it not. And he gives you the fortitude and the peace to tackle it. Strength, fortitude, peace. That's how God looks at us and says, that's how I renew you. And I do it, God says, all through the place of starting with rest. Let's look, back at, let's look back at Psalm 103 again. It says, God satisfies your desires with good things. The good of the source of our satisfaction, don't miss this. I can't stress it enough. It's his presence and his plan for our life. It sounds so cliche when you're at church, but the reality is nothing, 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 nothing can satisfy us but God alone. And you might hear that at church and go, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it. Nothing can satisfy us but God alone. It's God and God alone who satisfies, and it's God alone who renews us. I want you to think about this for a moment. We spend our whole lives trying to seek to satisfy our desires. Would you agree with that? I mean, our whole life, that's just what we do. We, we, we're, we're, we seek to satisfy the desires that we have. We seek to satisfy, here to use another word, to satisfy our appetites. And we have, we have a lot of appetites. For example, one of our appetites, of course, just practically is hunger, right? So we seek to satisfy the appetite of hunger by feeding ourselves. Some of us do it in a healthy way. Some of us in a not-so-healthy way. Sex is also an appetite that we seek to satisfy, right? And we can do that in a healthy way and a not healthy way. And when we do it, we can do it in a healthy way. And what's a healthy way? A God-ordained way. It's, it's sex in the context of marriage, which God created between man and a woman. Everything else is a counterfeit. So, so man with man, woman with woman, with self, pornography, all of that is a counterfeit to the sexual appetite that God has given us. How about this one? Adrenaline. That's an appetite that people chase after, right? In fact, so many people chase after it that they've even come up with a term for it. I think you all know it. People who chase after adrenaline are considered what? Adrenaline? Right, you all know. It's an appetite that we chase after. Anytime we seek or chase after satisfaction outside of God himself and his plan and his will and his commands for our life in whatever arena of our life, don't miss this. Anytime we chase after those counterfeits, anytime that ultimately will lead us to exhaustion, and we will be empty, and we will be tired, and we will be worn out, and there'll be something missing in our life that is, is a God-sized hole that only God can fill and satisfy. Everything else is a counterfeit. The good news is, the great news is, is, is if you've been seeking after counterfeits in your life, which ultimately is sin, I'm willing to bet that you could be renewed in your spirit right now. You need your spirit to be renewed. Your spirit isn't right. There's something in your spirit you know, okay, God, it's not right. And God invites you home to him. He'll renew you. He'll satisfy you. He'll satisfy your deepest longings. 
So, how do you come to him? Acts chapter 3 tells us something very interesting. Peter is preaching, and in the midst of his preaching, he tells them, stop seeking the counterfeits, and what do you do? Peter said this. He said, repent of your sin and turn to God. Stop chasing the counterfeits. Stop going after that which is pulling you away from God. Seek God. Repent of your sin. Turn to God. In other words, get your spirit right. And Peter went on to say, when we do that, I love the, what the words say. It says, times of refreshing, or to use our word, renewal. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. It's interesting. That was the issue with David and why he wrote Psalm 51. You know, the create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Psalm 51. David wrote it because he had committed sin against God. He had been chasing counterfeits. And David finally recognized he had come to a he realized it's time to repent. Because he knew his spirit wasn't right. Man, it was in the rest, having some margin, that I came to grips with the reality of my spirit wasn't right. And so part of my time was spent confessing, repenting of my sin, getting right with God. I was able with the margin to see the lies I would tell myself. I was able to see that which hovered below the surface that we all have. That we oftentimes just don't see, we set it aside. There's the sin that we know that's blatant, obvious, and we know that. But there's other sin that it may have been years and years and years. It just hovers there. We never tap, touch it, tap into it because there's no rest, there's no margin. So God can speak to you so you can hear, so you can get right with God. And I spent the time repenting and confessing. And I felt it. I experienced it in a very real way. God literally renewing my spirit. What repenting of your sin is God calling you to? Man, as long as we're trying to deny our sin, hide our sin, as long as we're trying to justify ourselves and our actions, seeking after counterfeits, Man, we miss out on the forgiveness that God wants to give us. And as long as we keep chasing after that, don't miss it. You will continue to be tired and exhausted and worn out. But the moment, the very moment we acknowledge, we repent of our sin, acknowledge the counterfeits that we've been chasing after, God, he just steps in and he just fills you with his spirit. And he brings, as, as Peter said in Acts 3, times of refreshing, times of renewal. Man, there's forgiveness waiting for you. There's times of refreshing literally waiting for you right now. It is there for you to have. And so God is, is, is it's like he's begging you, come, come to me, cry out to me. He's not going to force you. And maybe some of you, and even in this moment, today, this week, you get some time with God and you cry out to him, Abba, which means daddy, daddy, father. I want to get real. I want to get right because I know my spirit isn't right, God, and here it is. Here it is, God. I acknowledge it. I confess. I repent. And when you do that, 
only God, only God can renew you and refresh you. Then I prayed, as David prayed, God, would you restore the joy of my salvation? Now, now what does joy or restore mean? Well, it means to bring something back to life, right? It means to bring something that is worn out back to new condition. Um, I, I was watching this YouTube video uh, this summer, and it, was, it just fascinated me. This guy gets on, and he has these old rusted-out pliers, complete, completely rusted out. He couldn't open them. They just looked terrible and nasty. And he said, hey, I, I've been, I, I understand if I take white distilled vinegar... Pour it, pour it into a cup, make sure the lid's on, pour it into a cup, put the pliers in there, 24 hours later, those worn out, rusted out pliers that you can't open, they looked as good as new. You had to do a little brushing of some of it, but for the most part it had come off. And he looked at these that completely new, restored, back to life. It was crazy just watching that. Man, something that was gone restored. Do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember that? Do you remember what you experienced? Do you remember when you realized this awareness that there's this incredible, loving Father who gave his life through his Son, Jesus Christ, so that, and to forgive you of your sins, to die for your sins, so that you could be forgiven, so you could have a relationship with him, and you came to that point and you knew what your life was, and you needed to be saved from it, and, and you came to him, and you had that refreshment. And in those early days as a brand new Christian, you know what you had? You remember this? Man, if there's anything you had, you had joy. If there's anything you had, man, you had passion. You had zeal for the, the Lord. You had, you had zeal for your faith. Do you remember that? You had this joy for the Lord. You had this joy for serving, man. You were like at church all the time. You'd do whatever they had available. You would get involved in. You had the joy of just sharing your faith. And you're like, man, this is who I was and this is who I am now. And you just talk about it. You had the joy of giving. God gave you so much. You're like, man, I'm going to give. People would look at you and say, back, they used to use this term. I don't feel like I hear it anymore. But people used to say this, man, you're on what for the Lord? Anybody remember? You're on fire for the Lord. Well, what happened? Some of us, we got rusted out. Full of rust. It happened to me. The rust of trials, challenges, difficulties, schedule, pains of life. We got rusted out. And God says to you and I, I want to fill your cup, not with distilled water, but with distilled rest. I want to fill you up. I want you to rest in me and my plan for your life. It was in me, in my rest, in my margin, that I find... You ready for this? this is, that's why this is so important, the, the whole rest and margin. I finally recognized and saw I know, the joy of my salvation. And I realized, man, I want the joy of my salvation again. I want the joy of the Lord. I want the joy of serving, the joy of saving, sharing, the joy of giving. I wanted that back. What about you? 
Are you so full of rust in your life? Have you lost the passion and the joy for God, for people, for for his mission, his purposes for your life, for serving? Have you lost the joy of being a great and godly, you know, parent, spouse, friend, employee, employer? If that's you, ask God to restore the joy and the passion in your life the enthusiasm, the excitement of life and faith and hope and purpose. Man, Jesus wants you to have and experience all of his joy. John 15, 11, he said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Say overflow. Man, don't you want that? Not just a little joy, not just to come up from the bottom and be, you know, okay. No, no, we're talking overflowing joy. So what do we know? We know that God wants you to be full of his joy and full of passion for him and his mission. No rust in your life. C.S. Lewis said this, I love, he says, he says, he says, joy is the very business of heaven. So what do we do? Well, first... We trust God. We trust that Sabbath, Sabbath rest, ceasing from work is important for our life. It's what God has for us and that God's ways this way that it actually works. We trust that. And then like David, and we rest in it. And then like David, we confess our sins. And when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and he will cleanse us, the Bible says, which is renewing and restoring us. Those times of refreshing come. And then like David, we humbly seek his face. Psalm chapter 105 says, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Psalm 27, 8 says this, God said, seek my face. Another translation just says it this way, come and talk with me. Seek my face, come and talk with me. And then my heart says to God, your face, Lord, do I seek. Rest, trust, confess, seek his face. And when you do that, mighty miracles occur. He cleans off the rust so that we can have the passion and the joy again. The passion for family and for faith and for friends. That God will renew and restore our joy. He will restore our passion. That's what God desperately wants to do. And don't miss it. Only God can do it. You can't muster it up. You can't self-create it. You can't, you know, uh, cause it to happen and and just, just make it happen. You can't psych yourself out to cause it to occur. He does the work. God is our distilled vinegar, so to speak. So, God wants you to thrive. In this next season of your life, He wants you to thrive. Here's what I know. A lot of trials are still coming. A lot of tribulations, to use a Bible word, are still coming. Life is going to continue to be difficult. Sometimes our own doing, oftentimes outside of our own doing. So don't you want the strength and the fortitude and the peace to be able to tackle it, to take it on, to rise above it? Don't you want to be able to have passion and joy in the midst of whatever comes our way? 
where you can love God, you can love him, his mission, you can love his church, you can love his people, you can love those around you, you can love the life that God has given you and you get excited about it and joyful about it and passionate about it. That's what God has for you. So, step into your rest. Step into it, which means confess your sin. Seek his face. He'll renew a right spirit in you. He'll restore the joy of your salvation. And like me, today can be a better day than yesterday and the day before that. And tomorrow can be even better than than today. Would you be willing to seek his face? He is the Lord. Is he your Lord? I'm going to ask you to pray with me. What we're going to do right now is we're going to step into this time of communion together. And communion, I can think of no better time. I just encourage you, have your head bowed, your eyes closed. And as that's happening, if you're here this morning and you didn't get a communion cup yet, just slip up your hand and we'll have ushers uh, make their way to you. So if you need uh, a communion tray or a communion, uh, you can slip up your hand. Just put your hand up. They'll bring it over to you. No problem. Ushers, uh, come on down. But I want to encourage you right now, just if you can close your eyes. Focus solely on Jesus Christ. He loved you so much that he died so you could live. It's such an amazing, powerful concept. That's how precious his love is. That's how much he loves you. The question is, how will you respond to it? And God is inviting you to this moment of confession. He's forgiving you of your sin. Will you repent and turn to God so that times of refreshing and joy can come to you? That's what communion, that's a big part of what it is. It's you and him. And you lay your life before him. And some of you, I'm going to invite you right now in a moment to pray and confess your sin, and I'm going to invite others of you to pray and give your life to Jesus for the very first time and for you to take communion as a brand new believer in Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, thank you, Jesus, for this gift of rest and margin. But God, we're, we're tired, we're worn out. We haven't even followed your way and your plan. We've sought after counterfeits over and over and over and over again. And so God, right now, hear our prayers of confession. I invite every single person to take a moment and confess before the Lord what hasn't been right in your spirit. Confess the counterfeits that you've been seeking. God, hear us. God, our hearts cry out to you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you right now to join the family of God, to be forgiven of your sins, and to have the hope of heaven, the hope of eternity that we, sell, that we have. If you'd like Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life, to cleanse you, to purify you, to restore you, renew you, 
will you just pray with me right now? It's not even these exact words. It's more that it's real and it's from your heart. Just say something like this. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for my sins so that I could be forgiven, so that I could live for eternity. As best as I know how, in faith, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for saving me, for giving me a new life as I choose to follow you and pursue you. It's in your name I pray. God, hear these prayers. Hear these calls. Hear these cries. God, thank you for this gift. And as we participate in communion, God, literally in this very moment, restore us, refresh us in this moment, God. Renew our passion and our joy for you and for life and for mission and purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.